You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Song of Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 298, Peace and Joe's Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by executive video audio producer, engineer, the guy who makes this sound passable on live video today. We think, we hope, fingers crossed, Mr. Zach Bircham and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. How are we doing today? Today's episode features Mike Scombre. Scambry. I knew it was an A. <laughs> man, I got it wrong. You're all right, man. All right. All right. Mike is the owner of the uh, Blue River Tap House, which is a, a new tap house that just opened here in Newcastle, Indiana. We're going to be talking to Mike about his idea for the tap house, his history in the beer industry, um, the types of beer that they offer. And then at the very end of the show, we're going to be talking to him about the future of the Blue River Tap House. So make sure you stick around until the very end. You don't want to miss it. I just Jeremiah's got, laughing. I just got a uh, uh, a secret Snapchat message where I'm, it's like a dial nine one one with somebody just asking me for advice on a product <laughs> on I've never that you on, on a product I've you. never used in my life ever. <laughs> do not uh, do not text me with your cannabis questions because I have <laughs> I literally am thirty nine years old and I am the last person you would ever want to ask. I'm here drinking with Mike, but the other product I've never never been a part of so I, I don't know uh check check uh go don't use me as your phone a friend <laughs> <laughs> oh boy this show is about our lives in rural indiana we're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals <laughs> sometimes we'll provoke you other times we'll make you laugh but hopefully you'll always learn something new oh, oh that's like, right like we're gonna learn how to pronounce scambry scambry that's how you i i forgot you had your uh phonetically I, spelled Cheat code over there. I do. I, I, I looked at that. <laughs> Embarrassing a, moment. It's, it's all right. Good. So Patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. That's where you can go to support the show on a monthly basis. We just got done with a 20 minute bonus episode. If you sign up at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty, you get a 20 minutes to 30 minute bonus episode every week with the guests. That's where we make them sit through and suffer through us talking about what we've done since the last episode in our personal lives. We also offer you show notes before the show starts. You get access to a Facebook group, and sometimes we send you little gifts in the mail uh, just whenever we feel like it. There's no real like promises, but we've sent quite a few gifts to every Patreon member. And if you get $50 or more a month to the show, you get a shout-out at the front of every episode. And those folks are Mr. Jonathan Phillips, City Council District Number 2 candidate, he could uh, probably use some donations, and he's also selling T-shirts. Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is trucking his goods across the country and keeping America going. And then Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, our favorite Norwex dealer in the continental United States. I think we're going to call this week's episode of Patreon, I want to check you for ticks. 
That's it. Yeah, that'd probably be a good. I title. think that's the. I think that's the. I think that's going to be the title. That's the. Uh, that's the big plan. All right. So let's talk to uh, to our guest Mike here. Uh, I we have talked about on this show. We, we've been <laughs> in existence since 2017, and Corey Murphy, the economic development uh, CEO, king guru of the town, has told us that we are the largest had been the largest city in the state of Indiana that did not have a tap house or a brewery. Yes. So how did he woo you? How did, how did, how did the blue river tap house come to be? Well, uh, it definitely took, it was a few years of definitely talk. I mean, well over two years of talk. I was a a sales rep for a distributor in Indianapolis and, and I worked with a couple of local bars downtown and uh, Primo and twin lions doing the craft beer and that side. And, and we always talked about the the population of Newcastle and how, you know, they're, I mean, they, they do a great job at both those locations, but there's just no brewery or tap house. And, you know, the next closest place you can go to is either Richmond or Muncie, or you get out to Lapel, Anderson, or Indianapolis. So there's this big, like, 30-mile void around around the Newcastle area. And, yeah. And, you know, every little town in Indiana, there, there's stuff popping up. So <clears throat> it made sense to, to put something together. The demographics fit. There's tons of people that travel through here from Ohio, Indiana, Indianapolis, on a major, major fairway here through the town. So, um, so we, we talked about it probably literally four years ago, we started talking about it. Um, and then <clears throat> the opportunity came over the last couple of years and, uh, so I started to do a, a business plan and a performer for, for downtown and just looking at the demographics and figure out what it would take for me to financially to do a tap house down here and, uh, finally put this stuff together and, you know, approached Corey Murphy about it. And, uh, so, and he was gung ho, super, super pro for, you know, obviously the development of downtown, uh, but super pro for, for something like what we're trying to do and to draw people into downtown. So, and the, this, the, Part of this that's fascinating to me is that you're not a native to Henry County. No, no. You identified a need here in the community and moved to the town and said, I'm going to, I'm going to bet on Newcastle, bet on downtown, bet on yourself and, and come here and make something happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Me, I <clears throat> married my wife a few years back and we decided we wanted to go out into the country and I've got family that lives out here in Newcastle, been out here for about 14 years and. Uh, we finally found like the kind of our dream home uh, out in the country, you know, very few neighbors, remote, quiet, and it's just peaceful on that side. And it's like, it was just kind of the, the stars aligned. And so we found the house that was right. And it's like, found the building was right, found the right person, you know, to get the building from. And, and the business plan kind of came together and it just kind of all just, it just all kind of floated right uh, together. And, uh, and then we became a huge part of, of Newcastle and, uh, you know, look forward to being more a part of the town. So you mentioned working with Primo and Twin Lines and stuff in your uh, past gig. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, your uh, your history in, in the craft beer world. Oh, well, I've been, really, I've been in and around the craft beer my whole life. I, you know, my family's been in the distributor side. Uh, my family was the first beer distributorship in Indiana after Prohibition. Uh, so, you know. I don't, they, I don't think I've said this on the show. I'm, I'm originally from New York State. Uh-huh. But my Second grade basketball team was sponsored by Capion Beer Distributors of Messina, New York. <laughs> that was our. That's awesome. I we love were, that. We were Capion Distributors. Was That's the name of our basketball so league. So cool. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> Embracing. I yes. love it. I love yes. it. I love it. Um, 
Yeah, so my family's been in, in that side. So I was born and raised in it. You know, I'd get off of school and I'd go visit my dad down at his warehouse. And he'd be like, okay, you know, I'd be out there sweeping the floors and sweeping the parking lot and picking up rubber bands, whatever, you know, he wanted me to do when I was like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, but like I said, I've been in, in that industry for a long time. So I've been in it 20-ish years right now and uh, had a place in Kokomo back in 2001, 2008. Uh, closed it down. I moved to the Pacific Northwest, um, Washington State, Oregon. Uh, was in the craft beer industry out there in Seattle, Olympia, Vancouver. Is that where you guys learn how to label bathrooms? <laughs> Actually, that is where <laughs> that's where that came from. So I worked for a brewery out there when I got out there, out on the coast of Oregon. I worked for Rogue Brewing out there at uh, Bay uh, Bayfront Brewery. And, uh, you know, and I, I loved what their concept was, you know, they, they did that in their bathroom in there. They did hops and barley. Right. So, you know, it was just kind of, and it was kind of, it's kind of fun in one sense. Cause you get to watch people stop and they're like, they go it's to the bathroom terrifying. And they go, Mike, and they I go am I going to the right one? Or am I going to the wrong one? I, I still don't know if it's a trendy place where they're all unisex and you're just playing mind games with we, us. Hey, we, we debated live? it on last week's Patreon. That was our Patreon episode. last yeah. week trying yeah. to decide. And we think that maybe hops was male, but we have zero confidence in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's, I've heard like multiple explanations. One's not probably appropriate for the show um, on how people, how the customers have explained the bathrooms on that, which is fun. You know, it gives them, a conversation it gives them a little bit more topic so for one thing it gives them a topic to talk about why they're there and it gets them off of their phone that's what we're about you know get people to socialize again on that side but the hops i put it as hops are bitter malt is sweet so when people ask you know <laughs> that's what i said on yeah, last week's yeah. patreon so so i can't you know, believe that was right you, i just totally pulled that out of my rear end that's that. exactly i mean that's really so it, it could go it could go one of two ways hops are an alpha hop so it could be a you're the alpha of the relationship or you're the alpha person or you're a guy or whatever. Or What if you're married to a very bitter woman, Dakota? Well, that's where it comes into. <laughs> so then you go, hey, honey, uh, you need, you're, you're the hops, you're, you know, so then you can pinpoint her. <laughs> so who's bitter? Who's sweet? Is the guy sweet and the wife's bitter? Or the guy's bitter and the wife's sweet? So it could go. You know what? We leave it open to that side. We live in a different world nowadays. So there is no shame in this in the bathroom. There is there. no shame, but it is comical to watch people <laughs> kind of walk in, then all of a sudden backpedal out. Like, hold on, is that am I barley? Am I hops? Am I, well, you look inside because you, you, the way your bathrooms are set up is it's like it's barn doors. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for context clues to go. Oh well, is there a couch in there? I don't know where I'm supposed <laughs> to go. <laughs> yep. And so we wanted to make it fun. So there's, those are one of the, you know, the things we do in there just, you know, to add a different element, a little bit more of a just. So it's a very thoughtful design to, to what you do. Yeah. So it, walking in first impressions, we, I was there on your opening day yep. and you were, you, you, it was an amazing opening day. You had people lined up 12 deep Yep. and everybody wants to talk to you and you were sweating and dying back behind the bar. Yep. Doing the best Loving you could. It. And you, you recognize my, me from the credit card damn it. I said, don't worry about a conversation now. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, there, you know, you got, you got to make some money tonight. Uh, but you've set up a very community friendly environment where you've got big tables that are shared tables. Yep. Uh, and then a few conversation spaces, it looked like you had uh, a bunch of different table games, things to keep people there and to create an atmosphere where people are going to sit down and talk and enjoy themselves. Absolutely. That's what we wanted. We wanted that open, that warm feel of environment. We wanted you to feel like when you came in, like it was a community table. So I, all the tables I made myself and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to make it a community, and that's why I've got little flyers on the table. You know, tables of community, get to know your neighbor. You know, get to you know, let's let's change a few things that w we do in life, and 
let's take a little breather and get to talking to other people versus getting off of our phones. So, so you, oh, sorry. No, go, you ahead. go ahead, Dakota. I was going to say, you, uh, you mentioned you started thinking about this four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about when you decided to choose the building that you're in. Yeah. Um, what that, what that whole process looked like and just, just tell us a little bit about the building itself. Well, it's actually, I mean, I, I looked at multiple buildings downtown um, Newcastle, and you know, there's a there's a lot that fit, and some that work, some were too big, some it just you know. And then I talked to my uh, Kara FC Tucker, which is FC Tucker's been just absolutely phenomenal to work with. Um, and they're on the other get, side of the wall from y'all. Yep, they're on. I can knock on the wall or on the ceiling and say hi to them, but they're huge supporters of us. And, and you know, I I, I went to talk to Kara about uh, almost almost two years ago about that building, and I was like. And I don't, I don't know. It's just not big enough. And then, you know, it's like, but I also don't want, I didn't want a huge, you know, 10,000 square foot environment. You know, I need it close and personal. And so then I was like backed away from it a little bit, looked at a couple other buildings. And then I came back to that one and talked to Kara about it. And we sat down and we came to a deal on that building. And, uh, and it worked out well on that side. I mean, the, now you got to realize that building, when you walk in now, you see it is all finished. But when we took it over, it was just, it was full. I mean, the, the wall was two by four and, you know, busted up brick on one side and two by four ceilings and plywood floors. It was nothing. It was a, it was a blank canvas. So there was no electrical, no plumbing running through. There was no heating and cooling. There was no plum. I mean, bathroom mm-hmm. set up. So, you know, it was, it was setting up that design. So once I did that, you know, I spent a better part of a month in there with, with a big box of kids chalk and literally was drawing Just out on the floor. Practicing laying out the yeah, space. I was laying out the space and measuring it out, making sure my dimensions are right, make sure I got room for this, making sure I can have room for railing, make sure I have room for people to walk around. And, and I moved that bar one, two, three, four, five different places, and then I drew out that whole bar in five different places before I finally settled on where it was at. So in your in your decisions, I guess you have to decide what kind of a kitchen you want to have. By, by law, you have right. to have certain food offerings. Correct. So, and that makes a difference as to what kind of a footprint you right. have to have to to tick the legality boxes. Yep. So that was definitely definitely a thought process. It was the food. You know, I, I don't necessarily didn't want to get into this huge food industry and have deep fryers and all that. And people that have been in the restaurant industry really understand there's there's a lot to having a full kitchen in there. And there's a reason why I don't. I also want to work with local community and local places uh, to you know to have food come in, food trucks. Primo to, you know, have delivery coming down, you know, anything that you want to do, you can bring in. So then I, I the hot dog side came from uh, an idea that I had from an account that I used to deal with out in uh, Tacoma, Washington. And, you know, the, he, he did a great job. He was all about craft beer and it was all about just really good hot dogs and different types of ingredients, but fresh. Um, and, you know, he did really well. He just expen- expanded every year that I was a, a part of his account and just like, man, this is a great concept. Um, people love it, but just make sure that they're good. So I was going to say, I do food. I'm going to do something that's, it's not too complicated, but I want to make sure that it's high quality. It's very straightforward, but it's a, it's a good product. Yeah. Uh, so you have hot dogs and you have different sauces on them. So I've been, everybody's been talking about your Nashville hot, hot dog being, being legit. It is legit. I wanted to make sure I, you know, I'm a huge, like, uh, I love food. Um, but I love spicy food. And so, you know, every time I, I, you know, I see that Nashville chicken sandwich or something like, you know, I get it. I'm like, I'm, I'm super disappointed. I, you know, super. Cause it's like, you know, I love my Frank's red hot and I love my Tabasco, but you know, that's not a Nashville hot. So I wanted that spice. And so I grow all my hot peppers and habaneros and scorpions and, uh, Carolina reapers and, uh, Thai chili and Tabasco peppers. I grow a lot of peppers every year. I think so. we know a guy that you would get along <laughs> yeah. really well with, uh, Darren Comrade Jacobs. Jacobs, yeah. yeah. 
He brought uh, some ghost peppers on, on one, the show. One of the most traumatic episodes was the episode where I ate two ghost peppers on the air. Ooh, yeah. man, Raw. that is, yeah, I, I agree. That's that's a tough one. That was rough. It's even tough for me. I, I mean, eating them raw like that, and that's, ooh, that's, yeah. He that, has stories about Nashville Hot, about going to, uh, is it Zaxby's? Zaxby's. In, in Nashville? What's no. the name of the place? No, the uh, the chicken place? Yeah. The famous oh. Nashville hot chicken tourist trap. You, you carry the conversation. I'll have it. Uh, give me it's, 20 seconds. Anyway, it's the Nashville, famous Nashville hot chicken tourist chap, trap, and he went down there with his family, ordered the hottest level, right. but he's a big pepperhead, like it sounds like yeah. you are. Yep. And they said, are you sure? And he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like getting really excited. And then they brought it out to him, and he took a bite, and he said he was like, are you serious? <laughs> See, that's what I, I didn't want that when I when I created that. Yeah, my mom. So my mom uh, and dad went on your opening day, and they texted me and Hattie um, B's, Hattie B's, Hattie B's. Yeah, their it. midtown location. I left a mark on the sidewalk. I think we've covered that before. Yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, my my mom is a, a big spice person too, and she's got your Nashville hot uh, hot dog. And she was like, oh, it was amazing. It was so spicy. It was great. And she's like, but your dad took one bite and he couldn't do it. And so, <laughs> that's funny. Well, well, I layer that with, so I do a special uh, candied ghost peppers or candied habaneros. So I rotate between those. So I have a special recipe that I do and I candy those up. And then my hot sauce, which is habaneros and scorpions uh, and Carolina Reapers. And then I do what I call the devil's fest on top. So that is... <laughs> conglomeration of all my hot peppers I grow with some special ingredients and seasoning stuff that dehydrated and pulsed on top. So it gets three layers of different types of spice on top. So it, it's enough that it catches on that I layer it with the top of my homemade barbecue sauce, which gives it that sweet side. So you get that sweet and spicy side. So it it sounds like out. the spicy is just very spicy. It is. It's spicy. <laughs> Take your mic and just lift it up just a little bit. I'm not bit. sure. Yeah, okay. There right you there? go. That'll all solve right. all your problems. And now Zach right. can adjust right. back down. I all think right. it would take a lot of uh, of barbecue salt, of sweet, to counterbalance that. Well, I tell you what, I, you know, I've had a lot. I mean, we've sold a lot, a lot of those Nashville hots just in this past week. And I've had everybody finish it. And everyone's like, the balance of that by itself really complements between the, the fresh baked breads. Uh, that go with it and the condiments of the sweet barbecue sauce. Even the people that are like not too intense on hot stuff still end up finishing because it said the balance is right. And that's the key. I didn't want someone just to be blown out of their, their seat because it's just hot. Yes. The flavor and the heat. So there was a, there's a restaurant here in town, a, a common breakfast spot. It's called uh, early bird diner in Newcastle. Yeah. Um, they used to have a, a, a cook, the the chef back there, used to make a homemade salsa that was just hot peppers, like you're saying, yeah. that he grew from his garden. And it was kind of like you had to ask for it. Right. Like, it wasn't on the menu. And I went there like the, the second time I'd ever been there, I went there with coworkers and they told me to get some of Cecil's salsa. And I was like, okay, like I like spicy stuff. Right. Yeah, I'm somewhere in between my mom and my dad, I guess. And uh, they brought it out and I just... Came in like a little ketchup cup, yeah. plastic cup, you know, and I just dumped it on my omelet and 
took it in a bite. <laughs> and it was just like whenever I ate the ghost pepper from Darren. It was just, I, I was shut down the whole rest <laughs> of the, the breakfast. or anything? Couldn't, couldn't eat the rest of the omelet. It's just we're, totally we're live on, Yeah, I, I ate two yeah. of them on the show. Dakota oh. is completely useless. Once he gets to a certain point, <laughs> he's done. gone on me, and he can't. we can't do live radio. It's so, the same thing that happens with long tattoo sessions for me. I just kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. And like my my good friend Zach is a, a, um, a tattoo artist, and he does a lot of my stuff. So he was... He knows, like, whenever I stop talking or being conversational, like, I've gotten to that you hit point the threshold. where it's, yeah, I just shut down. <laughs> I, I, my whole, I could, he could keep going, but it would, I, my brain's just done. Your mental, your checked out. No longer there. Checked out. So, yeah. Mike, what I want to know from you is the 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 tap house culture, because I think that's something new to the community and new to the audience here. We're in Newcastle. We've not had that before. Uh, it's probably a very foreign concept to hear, hey, come sit down, hang out, play board games, and order food from somebody else. Right. That's not what people think of. It's not atypical, but it is atypical across the country. And that's what, you know, that's the, all the ideas that I've got in the, in the tap room, um, we, we're all from my travels in, in the beer industry, really. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time traveling the country and going to different breweries, and, and that concept, that concept is really embraced everywhere. And so I really wanted to bring that culture here to town and, and just get that camaraderie out there and just let people know it is okay to, you know, bring food into another establishment. I'm not offended by that. You know, just all we ask is obviously, you know, make a purchase. Yeah. Yeah, purchase from us on that side. And you're, you're a brewery, but you're not only hard alcohol. You're not, not only... Rather, I shouldn't say hard alcohol. You have zero hard alcohol. Right. You're not only alcoholic beverages. You have root beer. You have yep. things oh, yeah. for the entire family. So, yeah, I, so we definitely are we're catering towards, so we're waiting for, we filed for our brewer's permit over 10 months ago. Um, so we're still waiting for the state. Feds were really quick. Feds approved us, bam, bam, bam. You know, uh, in less than two months, we got our approval from them. So we've been waiting for that nine and a half to ten and a half months. Uh, for the state to approve the paperwork on that side. And what that does is it, it allows us to have family-friendly. I, I think that that that, um, that thought process that you can't take your kids into a place like that, but there's so many people that have kids that are responsible to be able to go out and still, you know, have have some food, a hot dog, yeah. pizza, have a beer, and still, you know, spend family time together. And, you know, it's App- not- Applebee's is still a family restaurant. Right, right? exactly, right? yeah. The Elks Club has a bar, but it's still a family establishment. Right. Kids running around there, so there's no reason a place like yours that has in Indiana. We have all of these weird rules, right? We have them. We have them around food. We say, hey, if you put this imaginary little barrier right. up around the bar, then this is the adult side, and this is the kids side right. or the family side. So I've already geared up towards that. I got the the impenetrable kid wall up, which is you know hog, an old hog fence that's up in there and it kind of fits into our motif on that side, and you know, and yeah, I mean just. There is no reason that you can't have that opportunity. I know some people are probably not as happy about that, but you know, I, there's a lot of opportunity on that, and I think that sets us apart. We don't, we're not trying to be the next karaoke bar, you know. We're not trying to be the next, you know, late night hangout. But we want to make sure that we have some good quality stuff and a great like atmosphere for everybody to come and hang out. Do you I guys think, have the ability to go out on the sidewalks at all? Uh, you know, I got to talk to the city a little bit more on that. I I believe yes. Uh, so I, I'd like to get a couple tables out in the front. And then over the over the year, work on some stuff in the back. Uh, you have back a great lot. space in the back. Oh, well. great space in the back lot. So yeah. on your opening day, you had the Kai's Creations had their food truck out there. Yep. 
lots and lots of opportunities for almost it's it's almost like a garden back there. Yep, it'd be a great great a beer, beer garden. garden. Yeah. <laughs> it would. It'd make a great beer garden, Kara. <laughs> sounds like a good space for someone to start growing some hot peppers. Uh huh. I got a, my folks have twenty five acres out here, and we our garden out there is you know you're. I don't know how many acres, three acres of garden. So we grow everything underneath the sun. Um, I mean, see Dakota, you can just buy, puts buy stuff shame. from him. Yeah. I mean, Dakota's got $200 jars of salsa at the end of the year. Cause he's got, <laughs> I don't even grow salsa ingredients. <laughs> I mean, I pick on peppers. I probably pick like 10, 15 bushels of peppers a year. Oh my least. gosh. Uh, I, yeah. So, and we can. You were everything. doing that before you were selling them in a restaurant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, you had to open a restaurant to get rid of those <laughs> yeah. peppers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of some of the produce we grow. I mean, we. My family grows about 180 to 200 tomato plants. With about uh, six rows that are like 35, 40 foot long of green beans, okra, uh, fruits, mm. and pears, and peaches, and pawpaws, and persimmons, and cherries, and apples. And wow, I love that. That's. Yeah. Kind of my dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. There's nothing that I love more than uh, um, candied jalapenos. They call it cowboy candy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is my favorite thing in the entire world. Put that over top of a block of cream cheese and oh. eat it with uh, crackers. I do that with Ugh. my candied habaneros and my ghost peppers. And I do that and I blend them up and I find my favorite jelly that we make in-house. That we make it at home. So we make all of our own jelly and... Uh, so do that and mix that stuff in it. Pour that over like a goat cheese or a cream cheese. Mm. I'm, it's the I'm best done. stuff ever. Uh huh. So you said you've got you're getting the permit for the tap house. Correct. It, or I'm sorry for as a brewery. brewery. I'm going to ask this. This is not asking if it's just for the compliance, but you're you're a tap house. So Correct. but you're also going to do some brewing. Is that a hey? We have to be a brewery to, to to follow the rules of the law, and you want to have a beer or two that you do? Absolutely. Or yeah, absolutely. So no, your passion not, really isn't to be a to turn. I mean, into I'm the not next trying to be. Brewery. I'm not trying to be the next big Sun King. You know, those yeah. guys do it well, and it's harder and harder nowadays. You know, we've got well over 180 breweries in Indiana right now. We've got 80 over 80 different breweries applying for permits right now in the state of Indiana. So you know. We'll, we'll hit 250 to 300 breweries in the state of Indiana. Because we've actually years. started to lose some. Daredevil's gone away. We've, we've started to lose some breweries. Yeah, we've definitely, we thin them out, but, you know, they, they, as one drops, two more come in. One drops, two more come in. So, and I'm not trying to be that, I mean, I'm not trying to take over that side. You know, I, I want to have that option and, and grow. And I want to work with home brewers also on that side. So once I get my system dialed in, you know, I, I'd love to work with the home brew association and, in this town in Muncie, there's a big gathering of those people uh, that always meet up at, at a brewery called Northern Tropics. Um, so, no, your brewery, is it downstairs? It'll be downstairs, yep. I don't have everything set up yet, so it will be downstairs. I'm going to be a, just a, a single barrel right now that I'm doing, so that's 15 gallons at a time. Uh, so do that, and then i got to brew a few batches a year, um, and then we'll put them on, but, you know, have some guest brewers that come in and want to do some stuff. I like to, I've got a lot of options, a lot of like ideas that I want to do on that side with the brewers. and people. So how many beers, um, can you offer at a time? Like what's your tap capacity? Well, right now, technically I have 16 draft lines. I have two of them, um, that I'm still working and waiting on, uh, a local, uh, winery to do some kegging on wine. So I, I set up some lines specifically for wine on draft. And how many have Bud Light? Uh, zero. I have zero <laughs> Bud Light on tap. I have zero Bud Light in cans. 
So you don't have any by domestics, design, though, right? You don't <laughs> no have domestics, any domestics. No. Yeah. So our focus is independent breweries. That is my real focus in Indiana is independently owned breweries, and that's why I do a lot. Of, I do a lot of work like today. I mean, I'm driving around Indianapolis. I'm meeting these breweries that don't have distributors and don't do any distro, but I make contacts as I've been in the industry. You're building your own distribution. Building my own distribution and making this an outlet. And that's and that's legal for them to do. Absolutely, 100%. Because they're, Indiana alcohol laws go back 100 and some years, and this is our previous guest, Brad Klopfenstein, and yep. we, we've had these conversations in, in his past two appearances on the show. Some things have to be sold through regulated groups. Some things have to come through distributors. Other things, that breweries are able to have commerce themselves. Right. Yep. So, yeah, breweries in Indiana, if they're not with a distributor, they have every right to self-distro uh, and sell to whoever they would like. So tell me a little bit about um, how you're picking the beers that are on tap. Like, Do you have some kind of specific formula of I want so many lagers or IPAs or stouts or dark beers or whatever. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. No, I'm definitely looking to di- you know, differentiate my draft lines. I don't want them all cannibalized by one style. I like to be able to show a variety of different styles out there. So I've got, I've had Dunkles on, I've got uh, a couple mm. other different Belgian beers on that are coming in that I just picked up today. You had a couple so, of stouts on when I was yep. there. On so I've got day. big barrel aged, uh, bourbon barrel aged stouts. I got, you know, I got a peanut butter porter on, um, you know, Coupled, a couple different variations of IPAs. Uh, I opened up with four different IPAs, tried to change up because you got West Coast style, you got what they consider wet Midwest style, you got hazy New Island, New England styles, and you got double IPAs. So I tried to change that up and have a little variety on there for everybody on that side, but Blondales and Wheats and Hefeweizen. So I really wanted to have, you know, uh, multiple different styles. I picked up a Rausch beer today, which I'm not mm. sure what people know about Rausch beers, but it's a nice smoky beer. So, you know, they're not over the top, but sometimes they can be really, really over, smoky. Yeah. But I think they complement food also. It complements my food that we're doing. It complements the hot dog side. That makes sense. And then Warsteiner. the entire seltzer world as well. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's a whole other world, uh, which we do have uh, definitely some seltzers in there, which um, one of my favorite seltzers in the, in the country It really is a, is a little brewery out of Wisconsin uh, called Untitled Art. It's not really little anymore. It's, it's huge in there. They do a hundred percent real fruit, real fruit, um, in their seltzers. And they're not just like, a, uh, like the, the streamlined seltzers that are out there on the market. Uh, they're a little bit bolder, a lot more flavor going to them. So, you know, those are the things I want to showcase is that there's other options out there on that side, especially, you know, your pilsners and loggers. I think those are a great staple that you need to have on draft and you need to have an, an option out there for the people that drink domestics, which I, there's nothing wrong with domestics, but I want to show them that there's other opportunities out there in the local side and, and supporting local. So t- trying to meet people where they are, they come in and they yeah. say, Hey, I, I want the equivalent of a Budweiser right. or a Bud Light. You say, Hey, I have a Pilsner you should try so that you can have something that you're familiar with. Right. Absolutely. Just, just like what we did last week when we talked with Ben about coffee. It's, Hey, right. where are you at? And what do you, what do you understand? What's your palate like at this point? Right. Absolutely. And that's what I, that's why we do bar service. You know, I want people to come up to the bar. I want them to have a one on one reaction with, with me or whoever's working behind the counter. That way that we can, as I always say, prescribe the right medicine for those can those those people that come in and make sure that they get what it is that they like. You know, I'm I'm happy to give you a sample of it and to make sure that it is you know you, you like what you're drinking, and enjoy it. Not don't get stuck with something that you don't know anything about. And you're like, oh man, this is horrible. I'm never coming back. 
I want you to make sure you have a good experience. So the experience starts with the customer service at the bar. And the time that you've been open, how many times have you been asked if you have domestics? Uh, I would say half a dozen, maybe. Mm. So it wasn't as That's high a lot as I less thought. than I thought. It yeah. was a lot lower than I expected, but this is week one. So let's see what happens you know, as we grow. And I know that that question, I'm prepared for that question when they come in. Because right. I know that is going to be uh, something that has to overcome. But uh, there's, there's a lot of options out there. I'm going to make sure that I have those options for the customers that come in. So let's uh let's circle back to we were talking about the hot dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're focusing on the all beef, really high quality hot dogs Correct. inside. Um, uh, tell us what types of hot dogs that you're currently offering. We touched on the Nashville hot, but I want to know about all the rest of them and um, like where you're sourcing the hot dogs. Is it, I know you said in the post that they're they're Hoosier all beef hot dogs and. Homemade buns. So I want to know more about so, it. I, I mean, I'm working through a local purveyor. I'm working through Piazza um, Produce. And they, they they work with a lot of independently owned yeah. Uh, yeah. food purveyors, which is why I really, I really like these guys on that side. So, uh, you know, they brought me multiple samples of hot dogs to try out. And I, I found one that I really like that is a quarter pound, 100% all beef hot dog that really tastes well. It keeps up its, you know, structure of a hot dog. That's important, especially we're doing steamed hot dogs. Um, and then uh, there's a baker out of Indianapolis that um, is baking all of our buns fresh. So we've got uh, our pretzel buns and some poppy seed buns. Um, so it went through lots of different buns. So I, and then I bought a, uh, uh, a bun steamer so that I can make sure those those hot dog buns they go in there they're, they should be nice and steamed and warm and and you know they just enjoyable on that side. So making sure that the freshest ingredients are going on top of them. So you know I'm making my own barbecue sauce, make my own hot sauce and but making sure whatever toppings I'm going on, they're, they're fresh daily. So I don't need leftover stuff or dehydrated, rehydrated and onions or anything like right. that. No. Poppy seed buns. That, yep. does, that means you have a good uh, Chicago dog. Our Chicago dog is outstanding. It is a meal. One hot dog is a meal for sure for most people, uh, but it is a, an official, uh, it is a Chicago dog, man. It is, it is dynamite. And this week was, it was a little over half of my sales. Put the uh, little pickled peppers on there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yep. Yeah. The sport peppers. You get best. three sport peppers on there. You get your pickle spear, your onions, your mustard, your celery salt. Um, you get, you get, it's a big dog. <laughs> Sounds like I'm getting a Nashville dog and <laughs> also a Chicago dog. So remind I won't us be able to finish the Nashville. Which days you guys are actually open during the week? Uh, we are open, uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Um, uh, so Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, we're open from 11 until 9 p.m. And then Saturday, we're open from 11 till 10. So you're a lunch spot as well. We are a lunch, lunch spot. Destination. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? We noticed just as the days progressed last week, our hot dog sales just kept on getting more and more. And people would come in like, man, I saw the pictures of it online or someone told me I got to come in. So it just like my numbers are have exceeded on that Incredibly side. Incredibly walkable from the courthouse. Yes. And all the government employees. And the, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, uh, you wouldn't realize how many people actually work downtown. There's a lot. Until you open a hot dog stand up across <laughs> the street from the county courthouse. That's right. <laughs> and they all come down. That's awesome. Very good. The, uh, yeah, Christy Avery says these are some young me sounded hot dogs. The uh, what 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 dogs are the you using the pretzel buns on? Uh, I'm doing that with I, we kind of set it up for all the hot dogs at this point, except for the Chicago dog. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but by request, you can change up anything, obviously. But uh, the the pretzel buns, you know, I was real hesitant when when they brought because I'm not a huge pretzel bun fan because sometimes they're a little bit too firm and 
You know, they, yeah. you know, if you get that pretzel bun burger and sometimes you bite into it and your burger goes out the, the back right, end and you start yeah, crying yeah. and, you know, I lost my burger and all that. I didn't want that. And then I tried these. I go, these are fantastic. These are unbelievable. And they're soft and they okay. just, they marry up to the hot dog. Super I good. wondered about that. Like the pretzel versus a brioche bun or something, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. No, they're, good. they're really nice and soft and steamed buns. So they, they're not super chewy, uh, but the flavor on them is dynamite. So you're talking about your hot dog sales and stuff going up yes. uh, since you've been open. Um, and honestly, you saying six domestic requests shocked me. Right. So I want to know more about what the, uh, what the community has response has been since you've been open. I know, I mean, I know it hasn't been that long, but no, I mean, the response has been great. I and mean, when everybody comes in, they're just super, super happy. And, and you know, the number one comment we get is, you know, people come in and they're like, you know, I, so happy you opened up a place like this. We we so needed it in this town. You know, we we needed Tired another. Tired of driving to Rushville. Or, exactly. Or, they're or like, you know, Muncie otherwise I got to drive Muncie, Richmond, Rushville. I got to drive to Greentown. I got to drive. I got to drive forty five minutes. You know, then I go there. I'm like, well, I can only have one beer, and you know, now I can I can drive five minutes, or I can walk. So many people like come in and they're like, oh, I live walking distance from here. I mean. I live right down the street here. I live right down the street here. And so that's, that's great to hear. So I give them the option and they're like, that way I don't have to drive anywhere and do that. So people are happy to have something within 15 minutes of their house of driving or walking. So the response from the, the, the consumers out there has been absolutely outstanding. Now setting the tone though, it is not a sports bar. Correct. The only TV you have is the menu on it. That's right. And that's the best sports you can watch right there. The beer, the rotation of the beer, and keeping up with what's going on, what's coming up, <laughs> what's on deck. You have, oh, so you, you have, have gamified it. it a little bit too. Yes, where you can down, there's an app you download, and then you put your reviews in. And yep, if you join Untapped, um, so it's a beer social media that's mm. nationally known. Yeah. So it will it'll inform you when we tap something new, what's coming up on deck, what what draft we put up, it, and then uh, you know then we can offer rewards to those people if you know you come in and check in so many times we can offer you uh, gifts on that side. So and it reaches out to Cincinnati, it reaches to Indianapolis. It's my radius that I've got on that. So it really reaches about almost sixty thousand people. And that's a oh, great market. That's really cool. So you can have a certain beer on tap. And it yep. will drag some beer nerd in. Absolutely. How many times has this guy named Chip been in? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Because I was about to send Chip a picture of my beer and see if he'd had it. <laughs> I didn't realize Untap could do it. Untap's a big deal. Like my brother logs all of like yep. that's how that's how beer nerds keep track yep. of what it, they're drinking. We, yeah, I started on it uh long time ago and it's it's a great way that you know you can collect badges and all that side but you know you can really you can keep a log of all the beers you've ever tried so beer geeks like me you know love it because i try i've tried so many beers you know and it it helps when you go to the doctor's office say how many beers have you hold on a second let me pull my untapped app you can check it and go i've had 32 this week yeah (laughs) yeah um but it, it really allows people to keep a track of what it is they tried and do they like it or do they not but it also allows them um, to find those beers to, that are oddities that they can't get in their hometown or yeah. out here this far away. And that's kind of what I want to create is a, a little bit more of a destination. That's why I'm driving around, picking up the beer I'm picking up. Yeah. I, uh, whenever I was really into big into craft beer, I was on untapped a lot and I just got on there not too long ago. And it just made me sad because I saw all the Norris English pub beers oh. that I had logged and they, <laughs> Since that are no clo- longer with they're us. They're no longer yeah. with us. And that was like my favorite spot in 
on the planet to go. So, yeah, it is. You win some, you lose some. It's the way of scenes of life, man. Yep. Black Acre's gone in Indy on me, so I, I know how it goes. Ten years ago, yep. I spent a lot of time there. So yeah, that's the uh, that's that's the it's way. Hard to see those guys go. They're a good good group of guys. Yeah. Yeah, and that's in one of my so I life changes, but I I used to spend quite a bit of time down at uh, uh, over in Greenfield mm-hmm. at the at the Wooden Bear. And, oh yeah, and the you know one of the coolest things they ever did, and where I was exposed to that culture of hey, here's all the menus for the places in town. Just order what you want, and they'll bring it to you. Mm-hmm. That is essentially you're setting up a food court, and everybody can just drink your beer. It's a it's a brilliant business model. Well, it also helps, and that's why, you know, focus on that local side. So you, if you can create a circle of local people that you can work together with, you know, it, you know, it, they will all survive. So yep. it's that, that triangle of, you know, working with two or three other local purveyors on that side. And, you know, you talk about supporting local. That's the best way to support local. Yeah. So we, uh, the last bullet point here is where you see the future of uh, the Blue River Tap House going. But we already talked about, you know, you're going to be, brewing some beer you're just waiting on the state of indiana so that it can become uh family friendly Correct. but uh anything else we should know about on that side um on that side no i mean i think we covered most of the topics of where we want to go on that side you know i mean we have some other expansions hopefully you know outside seating on that side but um you know i do some uh, working with the local home brewers and stuff on that um but right now we're how difficult is it to get to, to get to where you are? Say the two way license, is that a is that a horrific process to open to? Because I, I would imagine that it's good for your business to have more things like this build and come around, right? More oh, restaurants, absolutely. More bars, absolutely. So you know, if you're the only bar, and I know there's a there's there's, there's yeah. three now, right? Three right. or four downtown bars, uh, the back porch, you guys, Primo, yep. that you know, the Twin Lions, which is a little bit different, but um, as you start to develop or district of sorts, are there big barriers to entry to continue to grow that and to, and to attract clientele? Uh, no, I think the more the merrier on that side, for sure. I've always said that. I think, you know, people think that, you know, people come in and do this. And I've done this before in a downtown, when I was downtown Kokomo, you know, people all of a sudden get this perception like, oh, you know, they're going to be mad that you open up doing this and mad you're, you're bringing this in. And it's like, no, it's actually, it's good because we give more reason for them to come downtown. Yep. Give them a reason, you know, so that way they don't drive out of town and spend their money. Keep that money local on that side. So I think the more the merrier uh, for sure on that side. Yep. I, you know, The events like Newcastle on tap that I know you got to be a part of right. back in, I guess it was just May, last month in March. March. Yeah. Uh, early March was was spectacular. Yes, and I, and I think you guys are well received there as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the the consumer that came by and sampled beer just was they were phenomenal. And they, everybody was like, I can't wait, I can't wait. You know, the number question then was like, when are you going to open? When are you going to open? And at that time, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, trust me, I wanted to open. We originally were hoping like January. That was our plan. Was January thinking okay, February is going to be the worst case scenario. But you know, things just happen, and you know, you got to roll with the punches. We rolled with the punches for multiple months, um, but they were all good. You know, you know, there's things, things happen for a reason on that side. Um, but, uh, like I said, people have just been super, superb in town and super supportive. Very good. I love to hear it. I don't think I have any more questions to be honest, but, uh, I'm, I'm genuinely excited that you've opened up. Um, it's something that, We've been talking about on this show for six years, needing a, a tap house or a I'm brewery. I'm just so excited that he's right outside that door. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Stumbling distance but right there. I, 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 told, I, I told Mike, he's like, where's the studio? I'm like, I'm literally your neighbor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. I think we're 1102 and he's 1120 or yeah. something. It's, it's about it's, a minute and a half walk. <laughs> yeah. Depending he if was, there's traffic coming across Broad right. Street. He was sitting here, ran to get beverages, and was back in like <laughs> under five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's perfect. Zach, yeah. do you have any final thoughts for us? No, I, 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 and it's a weird, and it's probably a petty thing. It's awesome that you're from Noblesville and you moved here because everybody seems to want to go the other way. And I honestly don't get it. I kind of like small town life. I love it. Um, and so I'm like, yes, like we captured one back. Like we got an offset <laughs> of all these people I know that have moved to Hamilton County. Um, it's cool. Like the location's awesome. Um, it is cool to see another business downtown and one that people have literally been clamoring for. And it'll be cool if they ever get uh, going on the state side to get your the brewing license going. Because I mean, like, it'd be cool just the thought of a local person. Like, you could have a little showdown of local brewers and have them bring in their stuff. And then just if somebody wins, brew their beer and they get to have their beer at the local tap house. That is definitely a thought that is already. Yeah, like a potential thing. And just like. There could be some really cool creations come out of that, and how cool would it be for those people? And then you, I, my brother—I don't drink, um, but people who listen to the show know my brother is a beer aficionado, and he's brewed his own stuff. And so, that anytime that like the more, yeah, especially this town was kind of like without. If you can get little places for people to find that stuff, and if you're plugged in, you can go track down the oddball beers so that people aren't having to drive all over the state of Indiana to find stuff. I've been sitting on beer searches. I don't even know what I'm looking for. I just get told to look for a certain color label or whatever right. to find it. And <laughs> you can find that stuff and that's great. So just, uh, it's, it's cool to see downtown, get another business. I'm, uh, my mom's already been by there. Um, and I'll probably try and get by there in the next couple of days and see what's going on. But welcome. We will be there. There we go. All right. So if people want to follow on social media, if there's anything we left out, how do they how do they get in touch? Just check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Blue River Tap House. Um, just created a website, uh, so it's Blue River Tap House dot com. Um, so check us out on that side. Um, but we'll keep any updates on both of those social media main ones that Instagram and Facebook right now. Anything new and exciting that's coming up with us? Uh, check us out on there and. Um, Look forward to meeting everybody. You're open five days a week, but working seven days a week, running around, getting, Absolutely. Ga- gathering, no, gathering No beers. rest for the weary, man. That's awesome. But i got to make sure these customers get what they want, and they want something special, so I want to make sure I get it to them. Yep. And we just talked about what's on tap. You also obviously have a bunch of different canned beers as oh, well. Lots. So you've got, you've got a, a great selection. Yep. How many beers are available right now? I, it, it, if we were to say, are there 30 different choices, 25 different choices? Oh, yeah. There's there's 30 different choices very easy yeah. uh, right now. I and might be hitting closer to 40. It's always going to be changing. Uh, always changing. You know, yeah. the stuff that I'm picking up, some of it's limited. I mean, I got a Guggenheim House in there out of Indianapolis, which is a super sought-after brewery in, in the state of Indiana. And, you know, I mean, I, I might get a case of each style from them, and that's it. So, you know. When it, when it's out, then I'll, I'll work on other things. I got Pax Barum in there. I mean, I've got. Yep. You uh, gave you gave me the uh, the citrus IPA, the Great Day. And yep. It was exactly what a West Coast beer should taste like. Yep. It was awesome. Nice, right. crisp, and clean. Took and me right back to uh, to the San Francisco Bay Area. Nice. Instantly. Glad. I'm glad I could take right, you on right a trip. Ba- right back to Petaluma, California. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dakota. You got anything else? I uh, don't really have any. Thing to promote or anything but uh, just want to say thank you for coming on i'm really excited like i said about this um uh as as soon as i can get a babysitter or 
it, whichever comes yeah, first, whichever the state comes of Indiana approving your brewer's license, or I get a babysitter for an evening. Yeah, do we need to? So we, we, we spend a lot of time talking to state representatives and state senators. You want to start calling some people up for you? Hey, man, it doesn't hey, hurt. And you, you, you guys, say yeah. no. Those in the listening area, give Corey Criswell a call. Yeah. Let's get Mike's, <laughs> Mike's permit going. Yeah. Call uh, call up any of. We have three state reps and one state senator. So get on out, Jeff Rots right now. Yeah, Jeff, let's go. Mike Dakota wants to take his kids on date. His kid on date night, and he needs Jeff's help. Yeah, that is absolutely the truth. Very good. Absolutely. All right. Don't make him go to Applebee's. I swear to God, he doesn't want to do it. I'm an Applebee's regular. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For now, they know. For now, they know. They know. I want whatever they have from <laughs> Sam Adams whenever I walk in. All right. Uh, we are off on Thursday. Uh, Mike, thank God, negotiated Tuesday night. So we uh, we got to move it up this week. Check local listings. Uh, there will be a few Tuesday episodes between now and the end of May because of uh, Speedway activities. Uh, looking forward to our next episode Thursday of the following week. I think May we're going to de- It's the last one before the mini marathon. Yes. Uh, Thursday, May 4th, we're having Travis Thompson returning guests from... Uh, TNT Endurance Sports, he's going to be coming in, and he's going to nerd out with Zach Bertram about the mini-marathon as he kicks off the month of May series. Very so. good. All right, audience, you got your call to action Thursday night. Hit up your state legislator. Let's get I've Mike all, his permit. I have, right. I have posted links to both of our reps, to, to both Corey Criswell and to Jeff Ratz's they're still, official pages. They're still trying it, to finalize a state budget and do sign dine, but damn it, let's get Mike let's his get permit. Let's get this brewery so permit going. I, I heard very quickly to look up the links, so if you need the links, they're in the chat so you can get their contact information. That's how we get it done here at Boss Hog. All right. Thank you guys so very much. Mike, we are so thrilled you're here and looking forward to continuing to support you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate everything. All right. We'll see you all the week from Thursday.